<laughs> How's everybody out there doing right now? It is time for Legends of the Internet, motherfuckers. Um, yes. I just wanted to let everybody know that if you're a wrestling fan, you're in for a treat tonight. Ooh. Because we got some motherfucking Jim Cornette. Yes, Jim Cornette. Me- yes, the original, the original wrestling meme. Yep. Uh, all because of that face. Uh, but I also like to thank everybody that's been watching season five so far. We still got a lot more to go, and we're reaching the new year. We got two more ep- We got about one more episode before the new year rolls around. But we'll talk about that near the very end, guys. Thank you very much. And now it is time for us to talk about our little little legends episode with shane omac elsie muscles yeah so for those of you wrestling fans out there uh you all know who jim Cornette is jim Cornette. for those of you that don't know uh he was a wrestling manager uh is regarded as one of the greatest wrestling managers of all time uh started way back in the 70s uh, made, worked his way up, went, started out with the national, well, made big when he became part of the National Wrestling Alliance. And what he did was he basically was a manager of a tag team called the Midnight Express. His his signature his signature thing was his tennis racket. Yes, He's like I'm a mama's boy. I'm a mama's boy, and I've been taught all the time that tennis is a great sport for the sophisticated. I've gotten laid more times than all of you people here in Alabama. <laughs> That's dude, uh, family members do not count. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm sure I'm sure he said something along those lines back then too. He probably did. Yeah, it's like, oh, and by the way, people, your family members don't count. Yeah. Being manager of these tag team champions gives me instant pussy. They don't like you for your body; they like you for your money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shane Omac, the pimp daddy, strikes again, man. Holy shit. <laughs> Oh man, but yeah, he got he became very famous for being part of the National Wrestling Alliance managing that tag team. But there's a great story that he tells like there was one night in 80, I believe it was 86. It was like a Starcade. And uh, Dusty Rhodes who was booking uh the National Wrestling Alliance shows, he went to Jim Cornette he's like, "Okay, Jim, here's what I'm going to do. We're going to do a scaffold match. We're going to we're going to have you go up against the Road Warriors and with the Midnight Express." But as soon as the match is over, I want you to climb up that 25-foot scaffold. You're going to kick your feet up, and then we're going to have Big Bubba Rodgers. He's going to catch you, and he's going to catch you like the girls in the football games. Uh, I wasn't aware that uh, Mike Tyson made a surprise entrance in this. (laughs) (laughs) Tyson and Austin! Tyson and Austin! Uh, No. No, the 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 rules to a scaffold match are like the the wrestlers start on a 25-foot scaffold. Yeah. And whoever knocks the other wrestler off wins. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, it, forgive me because it's been ages since I've watched any wrestling, like since I was a kid. And, yeah, uh, understandable. I am a quarter of a century old now, so. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> understandable, yeah. understandable. But, yeah, so what Dusty wanted him to do was, like, after the match, like, the, the Road Warriors were going to chase were gonna chase Jim up the scaffold. He was going to climb up. He was going to dangle from it. And then, like, uh, his bodyguard, Big Bubba Rogers, who became known as the Big Boss Man, uh, he would catch him, and then they would roll out, and they would roll, they would catch him and roll to the right just to be safe. Okay, yeah. But... So, so beforehand, he looked at that scaffold and he went to the Midnight Express. He's like, boys, University Alabama Crimson Tide couldn't catch me like they catch the girls at the football games. So he went to Road Warrior Animal, who's like one of the uh, one of the other tag team guys. And it was one of their opponents. He's like, look, I'm not particularly fond of heights. So when you climb, when I get up there, I want you to grab hold of my leg. I'm going to scream, let go of me, and I'm just going to dangle. And then Big Bubba Rogers will just capture me. But what happened was Bubba lost him in the lights. Oh, no. And so when, when Jim fell, when Jim fell, he hit his head 
on the back of like Big Bubba's knee. Oh. Not not only that, he twisted his left knee, I believe. I can't remember which one. He's bad. he has both bad Ooh. knees. Um so and then of course because he fell from like 20 feet because, you know, he was dangling, so he had about like a 6 feet difference between the scaffold on it. He fell and he was like, "Oh, Bubba, I I And Bubba's like, "Oh, I love the way you sell." And he's like, "I'm shooting. I'm shooting." But Bubba thought he said he was shitting. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he was, to be quite honest. Uh, for those of you that don't know what shooting means, a shoot is a term in wrestling because since wrestling is fake and choreographed, shooting is a term for saying like everything that's happening is real. It's like, Bubba, carry my goddamn ass back to the locker room now. And Bubba's like, and Bubba said, Jimmy, you're hurt. And then he just carried and then he just carried him back to the thing and he went back to the hotel room. <laughs> he went back to his old What? Way to state the obvious. <laughs> You're hurt, man. <laughs> well he thought he thought he was selling the entire thing. He didn't realize uh, he was actually hurt. Okay, it was just <laughs> You see, yeah, yeah, uh, Bubba was only in the business for like a few months at that point in his career. Oh, okay. So he had so he, no clue. Yeah, he was a rookie. <laughs> So Jim went back to his hotel and he had a knee brace on. He had a knee brace on. He was like, oh, my God, man, that was great. You know, it was the second to last match on the card, but they named the pay-per-view after us. That was great. He woke up the next day. His knee was so big that it wasn't true. Holy shit. Um, yeah, so he had to go to a, a doctor. Like, all the doc all the wrestlers would go to this one doctor in Atlanta. What the doctor told him was like, okay, you got to, uh, yeah, you got to, uh, you got to get, uh, we got to shave off, uh, whatever's like left in there. Either you can get surgery or we can shave off part of your knee. He's like, yeah, shave off my knee. Like, I don't need a neck, I, I don't need a leg brace. You know, I, I hit people with tennis rackets. I think I'll be okay. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> sure, dude. So, yeah. So he didn't have, he didn't, he didn't get surgery on until years later. So, uh, well, that, uh, it sounds like a decision that'd bite him in the ass later. Yeah. But eventually he would go on to leave the NWA. He would start his own wrestling promotion, uh, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Uh, yeah, Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Why am I not surprised? Like, this is Alabama a lot, and now it's Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which took, which took place in Tennessee. And his claim to fame with that promotion, because the promotion died like after a few years, but his claim to fame, he has got two claims to fame there. His first claim to fame was finding the gangsters. Uh, New Jack yeah. and Mustafa. New yeah, Jack probably. is another real piece of work. New Jack New Jack could be a legend of the internet. That's how big like New oh, Jack is. Oh, God, New Jack is uh, but New Jack was, was telling a story about when he first met Jim's like, yeah, you know, he gave us an opportunity to come down as the gangsters, bill us from South Central L.A. right around the time of the L.A. riots, and we'll just be like this racist black tag team. And I just thought being black and being a heel in Tennessee was a bad guy enough. But Jim told us to go out there and be racist to white people. Like, go out there and make white people mad, Jim would say. <laughs> oh, that's one hell of a way to put it. Yeah, and and New Jack was like, you know, I don't know why why people get so mad when you tell them to kiss somebody's ass and you're black. Kiss my black ass. <laughs> I I remember Jim told out me to go out there and make white people mad, and I said, you know what, yo, white people, kiss my black ass. <laughs> and, and Jim Ross just looked at me like, motherfucker, go to commercial. Wow. Jim Ross gave him that look of like. Yeah, and we'll be back. <laughs> uh, Jim one time told New Jack to go out there and say something about O.J. Simpson. Um, oh, no. So, so New Jack said, I want to give a special shout-out to my homeboy, O.J. Simpson. Keep up the good work. Too less to worry about. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow. If you want to talk about controversial... <laughs> The, the people, the white people are like, what the fuck? <laughs> they had to put a, Jim had to put, Jim Cornette had to put a graphic up on the screen says, the views of the gangsters are not necessarily the views of this television station. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah, so I mean, him fighting the gangsters was like it was like one of the better things he was known for. But then they would end up going to ECW after he was like, "Yeah, I have nothing more for you guys." But we'll talk about more about that in a second. Uh, his other claim to fame being in Smoky Mountain Wrestling was the Dairy Queen incident. What this entailed was there's a uh, there's videotape footage of this on YouTube. Like Chris Jericho actually videotaped this whole entire uh, thing on his video camera back in like '94, I believe. Um, so they're in. So they just got done doing a show, and so all of the bad guy wrestlers are in the uh, are in the van, and they're going to Dairy Queen in Hyten, Kentucky, uh, to try to get some food after a very long night. So they're in line, and they have this big, huge order that they uh, that they just made. So they get up to the. So they get up to the. So they get up to the window. And they try to say, yeah, we, we ordered like a double cheeseburger, extra cheese and all that stuff. The person at the window thought that they were just trolling them. <laughs> what do you what do you mean? He thought it was a joke. We wouldn't have ordered it if we weren't hungry. And, <laughs> and so like the girl at the window stand was like, sir, you cuss me out. You won't get a damn thing. Jim gets uh, Jim gets out of the fucking passenger seat. Oh, yeah. You know what? OK, I'm going to tell you right, right now. The girl runs out. Run, the girl runs back in the restaurant, gets away from the window. Jim opens the window. He's like, hey, we ordered the damn shit because we're hungry, not because we're fucking around. Don't cuss me, you fucking ugly bitch. Wow. Oh, okay. And then the, the manager comes out. He's like, yeah, we've been sitting in this land for 15 minutes, and they don't fix our order till we get up here. It's like it's like fucking ugly cunt. Wow. They didn't start a fucking thing. Wow, dude. whoa! This guy might need to chill out for just just a little bit. Yeah, he does a lot of interviews, and this is where he out he he unlinguishes his anger on people. Uh, and we'll talk more about these. So. Uh, throughout the throughout the time, he would end up uh, working for WWE as the manager for Yokozuna, Vader, um, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, uh, the new Midnight Express, which was like Bark Gun and some other guy I can't remember. Um, and then eventually, he would join he would join the creative team, but then he would get kicked off the creative team, and then eventually he would move down to. Um, Ohio Valley uh-huh. Wrestling, which is like WWE's training ground. Yeah. Uh, so before he did. FCW, I think it was before FCW and before NXT. Yeah, it was OVW, Ohio Valley Wrestling, uh, which was based in Kentucky. It was like Ooh. right by the Ohio River. He trained Drax, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, yep. He trained them. He trained John Cena, who's now a Transformers uh, star. Um, he trained Randy Orton, who's the meme, uh, the RKO out of nowhere. Uh, he true, trained yeah. Brock. He trained Brock Lesnar, who ended up becoming the biggest UFC box office draw in history. Um, yeah, so he trained a lot of these guys, and uh, yeah, we got he's got stories on each one of them, except John Cena and Randy Orton. He doesn't really he get a lot of props to John Cena, but dude, Brock Lesnar. I know Jim Cornette. One of his stories, he oh. said he threatened to shoot Brock Lesnar in the head. Yeah, Wait, well, what? yeah, yeah. Well, no. Here's the story. Here's the story. No, here's the story. Um, Jim's girlfriend at the time, Stacy, who was a manager in OVW, she had like a witch gimmick. Um, so her Brock Lesnar, uh, she recently just got piercings done on her vagina. Wow. And um, that sounds unpleasant. Yeah. So uh, the story was uh, so the thing that they were going to do uh, for one of the shows was that Brock Lesnar was going to powerbomb Stacy. And Stacy went up to Brock and said, Brock. I want you to be careful. I just got piercings done down there, and if you if you mess it up, I mean, this is going to be pretty bad for me. And Brock's like, yeah, yeah, that's okay. I got it. It was like, whatever, whatever. Uh, so Brock didn't really care. He botched it. Uh, the piercings fucked up. Jim went up to him and said, yeah, Jim went up to him and was like, what? what the fuck was that, Brock? You went out there, and uh, after my girlfriend told you that that was going to happen, you went out there and popped it. Look, I know that you can kick my ass because you're strong and everything, but you know what? I'm going to take a loaded pistol, and I would shoot you in your fucking face if you ever did that to my girlfriend again. Holy shit. Yeah, that's how pissed off he was. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy story. Yet Brock Lesnar, he wanted he like he pretty much just, see. I know one of the parts was he goes that he really he can't beat up Brock Lesnar, but you can sure as hell shoot him in the head. Yeah, well, anybody can. <laughs> yeah, no, there's even there's even there's even people that have uh, went up against that. It's like, yeah, if you put a gun in Brock's face, he's gonna grab it from your hand and just eat the gun. He'll eat the gun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just imagining like a cartoon character, like a, a cartoonized version of Brock Lesnar. And it's just this tiny man holding up a gun to him and shaking. He just grabs it, throws it in his mouth, and just chews the fuck out of it and spits it back at him. <laughs> we're gonna give we're gonna give <laughs> We're gonna get we're gonna give somebody an idea, like an artist of some kind is gonna get an idea yeah. to do that. Yes. Oh my God! So, uh, as he as he went on with his OVW career, um, he would eventually uh, get fired for slapping Santino Morella seventeen times. Seventeen times? What? Yeah. What would warrant? Oh, no, here's the. St- here's the- oh, oh 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 oh. Here's the story. So, this happened in two thousand and five. Santino Morella was just starting out as a wrestler. He only been like training there for two weeks. He was in the intermediate class, I believe. He just got promoted to the intermediate class and not the beginner's class. So Jim's like, the forces up north have sent me the boogeyman. He's 40 years old. He's never wrestled before, but he's got a great promo. Use him. So I'm already pissed off that I have to use the boogeyman in my shows. So I'm going around telling the audience members, hey, look, guys, there's a serious man. He's going around. Uh, He's doing everything. Uh, he's he's going around thinking everybody, telling everybody he's the boogeyman and he thinks he's crazy. If you see this guy, call nine one one or call your local authorities. So I, people, so people are saying, "Oh, this is Jim Cornette telling me this is the boogeyman." No, I'm trying to tell you this motherfucker thinks he's the boogeyman. So, I mean, listen, I mean, listen. If it, it's it, and it's always like the the people are always saying it's like the quiet ones. It's the quiet ones you got to worry about. No, no, it's not. If you see a guy sitting at a bar just quietly drinking his Budweiser, and then a guy comes in with a fucking chase on, going, "I'm gonna fucking kill somebody." Which one are you gonna look at? I mean, okay, when you put it that way, sure. <laughs> I I can I can see where you're coming from. So the boogeyman makes his debut and already the debut goes bad because what the boogeyman didn't tell me was he had antlers on his head and his antlers kept falling off his his head. So he, when he's cutting the promo, the antlers are falling off and he's trying to readjust them. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm wasting my airtime on this guy. And he's got a voodoo stick, which is supposed to be smoking dry ice. And his voodoo stick ain't smoking. I don't know what he was smoking to come up with the voodoo stick, but it wasn't working. So he he scre- he scares all the students away. All the students are, are are all the students sit in the front seat. He's he's scaring all the students away. And one woman had a baby in there. They were running off. It was great. One guy was left. Santino Morella. Never seen him before. He only been there two weeks. The boogeyman goes up to Santino trying to scare him, and Santino's just like, <laughs> and. And I'm trying, and I'm, and I'm trying, and I'm trying, and I'm trying to yell at Santino, get out of his way! He's dangerous! Go! And in the process of screaming, get out of his way, I shit myself. <laughs> yeah, I remember this story so well. Yeah, I was gonna say. <laughs> because Jim Jim Cornette was on a liquid diet. He drank about eighteen sprites that day. Eighteen? Yeah. yeah. So he he beat Goto with his seventeen cups of coffee. Jim Cornette has his eighteen cans of Sprite. Eighteen? So, yeah, he's yeah, like man. he was like just a little. It wasn't like a it wasn't like a log coming out of his cave. It was like a sprinkler system. <laughs> <laughs> I like I, I like all these adjectives being used. Yeah. So we're in commercial break. I go to the back. I ask two questions. Was he one of ours? Yes. Send him to me. Oh God. So Santino goes up to Jim. He's like, why didn't you run from the boogeyman? Well, nobody told me that I should run away from him. I said, look at this motherfucker. He's got face paint on. He's got antlers. He's got a voodoo stick. You see the other students running away from him. Then I tell you that I was going to do this. Pow, 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 pow. Just slapped him. Damn. And he's like, okay, you think you're a tough guy? You could beat me in a fight. There's the door. Let's go out in the back, and you could try to beat the fuck out of me. Because if you think I could kick my ass, the boogeyman's going to fucking kill you. Bam, 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 bam. You got that? You understand what I'm saying? Bam, bam, bam. Get out of my building. Jesus. What the fuck? Yeah, Jim Cornette definitely knows how to get his point across. That's for sure. Yeah, with the gratuitous amounts of uh, violence and abuse. (laughs) Yes. Yes, and then uh, he ended up getting fired for it. Well, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah. And here's the th- and here's the thing. Years later, him and Santino would run into each other again at a convention in uh, in Detroit, I believe. Um, so Santino tried to go up to Jim to try to make amends. And Jim's like, oh, you were never nothing at WWE. You were just like some comedy guy. Like a t- you were you were racist to Italians or something like that. I can't remember the like the entire things like one of them said, but they ended up getting into a verbal screaming match with each other. And, and, and Jim was like, I slapped you 17 times, motherfucker. You want it again? You want it again? Oh my god. Fuck you. Fuck you, you piece of shit. And Santino's like, look who's talking, fucking rapist motherfucker. He's like, what? Are you delusional? I seen the tapes, Jim. It's like, Whoa. What the- <laughs> I was so confused when I saw it. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> yeah, Santino like apparently figured out that Jim isn't like is like into BDSM shit or whatever. So that's where it comes from, I believe. Well, right. Well, I mean that's People yeah. have their own finishes. Like, what the fuck? I mean, that's a different. That's that's an entirely different thing. Like, that's stop bothering anybody with it. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah, but apparently, yeah, but yeah, that's what the tennis racket is also used for. A, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he, yeah, he would end up. He would end up going to TNA wrestling. Uh, he would end up getting fired from there too. But we'll explain why later. Um, uh. We'll get it. We get into Ring of Honor. Uh, he got into Ring of Honor, and then he ended up writing a proposal to Ring of Honor to Sin- to Sinclair Broadcasting to end up uh, working mutually with them to get Ring of Honor more television time. But Sinclair ended up buying the whole company, and they ended up screw. And according to Jim, I take no responsibility for what happened because none of it was my fault. But. <laughs> He apparently was like, I don't have the tolerance to deal with bullshit. So when Greg the Office Boy is going around telling people how he should be running Ring of Honor, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. Dang. We actually went to a wrestling show that uh, Alex and I, this was like back in 2012. This was like during WrestleMania weekend. We went to a Ring of Honor show. And at some point during the show, they had to stop the match because apparently the pay-per-view feed had a brown. Well, there was a brownout in the area. So the pay-per-view feed died. Oh. So they had to stop them. They had to stop the match and they had to have the two wrestlers go out there and talk to each other while the I- pay-per-view feed came back on. Fuck the feed! Fuck the feed! Fuck the feed! Oh man, we were cha- we were chanting that the whole time. Um, but but while that was happening, while we were watching that, Jim was outside screaming at the top of his lungs, like, "Ah, why can't we get anything right here?" Oh my god! Because the day because the day before, like somebody like tripped on a plug or something, and they lost all their feed, and it's like, "Hey, what the you? You're a fucking idiot! Like, what are you doing? You just slipped on the thing! Like, you're a club footed moron! You." What are you doing, you fucking idiot? Oh. Wow. One other story I know from um the one of the other big story that Jim Cornette had in Ring of Honor was the Kevin Steen story. Oh god. Ooh, yeah. Boy. Yeah. Kevin Steen was another guy that he had a tough time with. Kevin Steen, who's now Kevin Owens in WWE. Uh guys like, yeah, Kevin Owens is a great wrestler, but he's the type of guy that would main event in front of two hundred to three hundred people in a rec center. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. well, mainly because Jim Cornette's biggest problem with him is the weight clause in the yeah. contract. Yeah, because like, oh my God, this guy would not we, – we tried to put a clause in his contract that said that he had to be at this weight, that he had to lose this amount of weight because we wanted this guy to look like uh, like a superhero. We didn't want him to look like your average Joe. But this guy, he would go out and he would eat constantly and gain more weight than what was in his contract. Dang. And then, yeah, and then he goes around saying, like, oh, Ring of Honor's not as edgy anymore. Well, we're trying to appeal to different masses. I mean, there is a world somewhere out there. I'm not sure where it is, but there is a world somewhere out there where it's more profitable to have the Super Smash Brothers on the card than Mike Bennett and Matt Hardy. But it ain't on this earth, right, if you if you want to make money. Yes, there was a tag team in Ring of Honor called the Super Smash Brothers. And I'm surprised Nintendo didn't go to them at all. But yeah, it was it was basically two guys dressed in pajamas, according to Jim's. Like, yeah, who would ever think that that's a great tag team? They were a goofy tag team. They were two guys dressed up in pajamas. That's not going to sell tickets. Well, then. No, it isn't. The cheeseburger wrestler, though, for Ring of Honor, that's a surprise right there. Yeah. Oh, no. He has a problem with Joey Ryan because he uses his dick yeah. in his wrestling moves. Please, please, I need to say something <laughs> Oh my god, this is from the um, wrestling convention me and Alex went to this year, and I was one of the people who got to, Jim Cornette had an open mic session, like who already answered like a bunch of people's questions, I was the last person 
on that on that platform to answer a question, give Jim Cornette a question, and I gave him this question. I gave him the question: Is if you had if you had if you lost your eye or who would you rather watch, Joey Ryan or, or Kevin Omega? And he goes, "Can't I just gouge my own eyes out?" <laughs> wow! So what, kind of, what, what kind of fucking question is that, LC Muscles? If that is your real name? <laughs> no, the, 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 the thing was, he not only did he say, "Can I just gouge my own fucking eyes out?" He then he went on to the reason why Joey Ryan and Kenny Omega are both fucking bad, even though. I do think I do I do understand why he hates Kenny Omega. I really think he's a good wrestler. Like he has had some great fucking matches. I mean the guy was wrestling with a nine year old girl and and having wrestling with a blow up doll. I mean, yeah. that's comedy wrestling. Like, come on, that's not I mean, people want to take wrestling serious. I mean, the guy's having a wrestling match with a blow up doll and a nine year old girl. And I know one thing he said was if Kenny Omega wrestled back in the day. He would have been gotten his ass picked by all the boys who had never worked in another promotion and even gotten shot at. Yeah. The other thing was about Joey Ryan. It's like, okay, I don't care if he has Mia Khalifa out there with his dick out trying to do like some moves with his dick and trying to knock Pete wrestlers out with it. That's comedy wrestling, and that's not going to appeal to millions of people. Yeah, I agree more percent. Yeah. And Nick and Mick Foley had to take the dick spot. I am I feel yeah. so Yes, they call it the dick spot. Uh, but no, the the one night that uh, Jim decided that he had enough with Ring of Honor, there was one night they went to Pittsburgh, I believe, to do a show, or Bell Vernon, Pennsylvania, <laughs> which is right outside of Pittsburgh. But they decided to do it on an ice rink at like winter time. So the ice, so the floor was slippery. The entire thing was not set up the way Jim wanted it to. And after the match, there was like Steve Carino got paralyzed, potentially got paralyzed. After he hit, after he like hit it like something on the guardrail or whatever, uh -oh. and so they they had to send paramedics. But all the all the top suit guys, they already left the uh, the building as businessmen. They just left, and he's like, "Okay, I got to deal with this whole thing myself." And this guy, we have a potentially paralyzed wrestler. Kevin Steen went too long on his fucking promo. I, I don't have enough people to take take care of the situation. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna, and he basically just made death threats against all the top, uh, all the top uh, corporate guys. Damn, dude. Yeah. As oh yeah, and if it, and if he and if and if uh, and if this and if Greg and if Greg the Office Boy hears this, tell Greg the Office Boy that I'm gonna gouge his fucking eyes out and I'm gonna murder him. Jeez, dude. Mm. He he sounds like he needs some like stress management. Oh no, he's like, yeah, I have a, yes, I, my entire fam my mother's side of the family has had anger management issues. I mean, we're very peaceful people. I mean, if you don't <laughs> hassle us, I mean, we're, we're very pleasant to be around as long as you don't piss us off, uh, do anything that is going to be like too stressful. I mean, we're pretty guys. I mean, the one time that my mother, my mother one time had to tell my neighbor to get rid of his dog. And if, and he said, because the dog was barking too much. So he went over and said, if you're not going to get to the dog, I will. And she took a, and she took her rifle and said, what are you going to do now? And the guy's dog never came back again. Um, wow. So. Yes, he has anger issues, and apparently he has a lot of people he hates. So we got to talk about these people that he hates. Uh, John Laurinaitis, he hates. Uh, John Lor John Laurinaitis, who's Johnny Ace, uh, the surfer dude, who ended up becoming like the head of talent relations in WWE back in like the mid two thousands uh, after Jim Ross went away. Uh, so the thing was about that. I mean, back when he was in OVW, him and John would just go back and forth on things like. Man, he, at one time he had like one of his top, one of his top heels, like one of his Jim's top bad guys was like having long hair. Uh, he was like ripped. He was like a heavy metal guy. He was ripped. He was good, great. He walked into the TV. John Laurinaitis had him shave his entire head bald because they're like, well, they wanted to see what I looked like bald. I was like, what? They can't just fucking pretend what you look like bald. So he called John Laurinaitis up. He's like, John Laurinaitis, it's Jim Cornette. My top heel just walked into TV looking like a 40 year old truck driver. <laughs> would you please tell this alleged creative team that if they can't pretend or imagine what a guy looks like bald give me two weeks notice I'll book him in a hair match I'll shave it and I'll sell some tickets thank you fuck you bye damn yes <laughs> best promo ever I mean to be fair I, I, I actually agree with him on that one actually yeah 
So afterwards, and yeah, John was the one that actually fired Jim. And afterwards, they decided not to speak to each other for the rest of their lives because it just got so heated because they would just clash over everything. It's like, don't do don't do business with this guy, Jim. We're mad at him. Well, I'm not. He wants to give me money. That don't make me mad. Well, don't do business with him. (laughs) I don't know why that actually kind of tickled me a bit. It's it's like, well, Randy Orton's not going to be at your show, Jim. He bought a non-refundable vacation for his family. Why would he do that? Well, John Laurinaitis never told him. No, no, it was Tommy Dreamer. Dreamer didn't tell him. No, that's bullshit. John Laurinaitis was supposed to tell him. Fuck him. Wow. Uh, Okay, another guy he hates. Another guy he hates. Jim Hurd. Uh, Yes. Jim Hurd used to run WCW, the pizza man. He used to sell a lot of Pizza Hut, I believe. Um, yeah, but they but they thought but uh, Ted Turner and CNN thought he would be good to run a wrestling company. So Jim Hurd took over in like eighty nine to ninety two, I believe. Um, this was around the time that uh, this was around the time that Jim was about to leave. So in ninety two, he's like, you know what I want to do? This is how much I hate. This is how much I hate Jim Hurd. I sent a a, 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 a a I sent like a dozen of dead black roses to Jim Hurd's office. And on the card, I said, congratulations on the death of your wrestling company signed Jim Cornette. <laughs> wow. That's pretty great. Um, not only that, as he was preparing to leave, he would, he said, you know, I used to have hard ons about leaving WCW. Uh, uh, so he was like, you know, you know what I'd like to do? I want to, this is how I want to give my notice to Jim Hurd. I want to go in there and I want to have a gun full of loaded blanks. And I just want to walk into Jim Hurd's office and just shoot blanks right at Jim Hurd. And that's how I'm going to give my resignation. That's one hell of a way to quit. That makes no sense. That sounds like a perfect way to get arrested. No, Stan Lane said, you know, Jim, with the amount of guys, with the amount of talent that this guy's fucked over in his entire in their entire careers, you don't think he has a loaded gun in his cat in his desk drawer? He's like, oh, you're probably right about that. Well, yeah. So, yeah. so that's why he didn't do it. Uh, okay. Oh, well, he sounds like a madman that actually would do that. Uh, so let's see. Uh, Shawn Michaels. He do- he doesn't like Shawn Michaels. Yes, because uh, he does not like Shawn Michaels, who's one of the more most talented wrestlers WWE has ever had. But apparently, at that uh, apparently at that time, Shawn Michaels had like personal issues, and he was on pills all the time. And he was like, "Oh, oh yeah, Shawn, fuck you for the way you treated me, the way you treated the guy that got you into the business, Jose Lothario, how you did the whole curtain call thing where you hugged all your best friends in the world and you exposed wrestling for being fake and." Everybody had a kowtow to you because you were the world champion. And if you found God, that's mainly because I notice people in this business, they find God because people get so mad at them, they won't speak to you. When mortals won't speak to you, you find a higher power. So. Oosh. <laughs> Hi. Hi, Sean. Born again. Was not a fan of you the first time. You were always a prick to me. So, huh. Hey, Joe. What? Did we go over Mark Madden yet? No, we will talk about Mark Madden eventually. <laughs> I'm gonna like some Mark Madden. That's gonna be great. Yeah, he doesn't like WWE because he's like, oh my god, it's a cartoon. It's all phony. It's like, stop trying to tell everybody it's serious because we're trying to be entertaining. It, I don't know how. I don't know because it just sounds so great. Just saying fuck whenever I say it. Fuck you, WWE. Well, he doesn't like Triple H because Triple H, when they did the whole curtain call incident, which is where Shawn Michaels, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and Triple H, they all hugged in the ring after Kevin and Scott were going to leave, yeah, uh, go remember. to WCW. Yeah, uh, yeah, Madison Square Garden, it was like a house show, and uh, they pretty much had a re- – there was like a video camera recording of it happening, and all the people backstage were throwing a fit because it's like, oh, my God, they just exposed wrestling. They just exposed it for being choreographed and scripted. So they punished Triple H, and they said, okay, look, you made a mistake, Hunter. You have to go to every single person in this locker room and apologize to them. And then later Triple H is like, yeah, I apologize, but I knew that we were revolutionizing the business. He's like, oh, my God, he's a suck-up. Well, now he doesn't need to suck up to anybody because now he's licking the right ass crack. Jeez. He goes, here's what I think about Triple H. His promos, I'd rather watch a dog lick its balls. (laughs) I I love that thing. That's one hell of a way to get your point across, that's for sure. It's like he's a good worker, he's a great wrestler, but he's the guy that works with the guy that draws the money. 
Do you ever see people talking about Triple H besides in WWF scripted television commercials? No. Oh, he doesn't like Drax from Guardians of the Galaxy. Well, why? Why don't, why don't he like Batista? Well, because he trained Batista. And he's like, here. here's the thing about Batista. He could not sell a punch. They, the only thing he was ever taught in wrestling was how to write a check. And then eventually we gave him, they gave him like this gimmick where he was like the right hand of Satan called the Leviathan. And yeah. it was like, he, he, he lost to nobody. He would be two guys and three guys at a time. Basically our version of the undertaker. Cause that's what I was going for. I was going for the undertaker's next main event opponent. And I was like, you God, you should have seen him when we took him out to the Ohio river. He was like, Oh my God, snakes and shit. Uh, he was a very quiet demon. He was always he was always sitting there with a sweatshirt and always very cold and always very chilly. And he would uh, he would go up to he was he would put him in main event matches with people. And he's like, "Oh, hey, tell tell Kane what you do." He's like, "Well, I do a power bomb." That's it. That's all you're gonna say. He's like, "You do a fucking power bomb." Yeah. Sorry. And then when he went when he went to WWE, is like he and when he became a major star. Uh, he was like, well, I never learned anything from Jim Cornette or whatever, according to Jim. And Jim actually called him on his voicemail. He's like, hey, Dave Batista, I want to know why you said we didn't learn anything in OVW. When we pushed you to the moon, we did everything we possibly could to get you over. We liked you. We wanted to see you succeed. And then you call and then you and then you bury me and Danny. I, I want to know why you said that. In the meantime, fuck you. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't like Sable. Uh, Sable, for those of you that don't know, Sable was the, the, the face of the attitude airing when it came to the ladies. Um, yeah, she was practically like the hot, she was practically like the hottest thing. And a lot of teenage boys just wanted to fuck her. Um, but it was like, oh my God, where are we going to put the t-shirt spot? Was because you had these full like middle-aged men that were so fixated on her, even though she had no wrestling talent, unlike Sonny who was an out-front cunt, where Sable was an undercover cunt. She's nice to you guys, but sooner or later, you're going to find out just how mean she is to all the rest of the girls. Um, it's like, she has no wrestling ability. Not only that, she was married to a guy named Mark Merrow who allowed her to powerbomb him. And then Steve Austin has to call us up and says, hey, remember that match we were going to have with me and Mark Merrow? Where's my match going to be? All because Sable had to powerbomb a guy. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Here's all the, and he's like, oh, so, and she was so bad at doing promos. This is for all the men who want to see me, and this is for all the women who want to be me. It's like, I don't know what they got for putting a microphone under Sable's nose, but they should have gotten three to five years. Oh, damn. <laughs> oh, boy. But there, there's more, there's more people he hates. Uh, Kevin Dunn. He hates Kevin Dunn. Yeah, it's like, here's Kevin Dunn. A picture, a, picture a human chipmunk, Shane. Okay. Uh, I'm, not, like, I'm not liking it, but I'm picturing it. Okay. It's like, ah, well, we're not wrestling. And I don't know why you think we're wrestling. Just because we have wrestlers in wrestling boots and wrestling tights and a wrestling ring. I don't like it. Can like, we go back? I yeah. don't like it. <laughs> it's like, so there's one time they were having a meeting and, you know, they're talking. Jim's trying to find out what's going to happen with the Patriot, but the guy, the rest of the guys were talking about, oh, where's Sable going to have the wet t shirt spot? And it's like, it's like, hey, you know, guys, you know, I'm still wondering about the Patriot. What are we doing? And Kevin Gunn goes, you know, Jim, I find you tiresome. Just like I said, you know what? I'm tired of, motherfucker. I'm tired of those beaver fucking teeth of yours. And I'm going to pull you across this goddamn table and beat the fuck out of you. <laughs> It's like, you guys want to talk about some fucking wrestling? Come get me. And he wasn't allowed, in, and Jim wasn't allowed in creative meetings for like two weeks. Holy shit. Because he threatened. And, and he's like, yeah, you know what? I was in Nova Scotia, so hey, you know, a bad hotel with a bunch of escorts really made my night that night. <laughs> um, so, uh, the, you know, Vince McMahon forced Jim to apologize to him. It's like, look. I have to apologize because Vince McMahon forced me to. I'm not really willing to do this, but I'm going to do it. And he's like, no, you don't understand. People used to make fun of me for my teeth. And it's like, I swear to God, Kevin Dunn was crying because people used to make fun of him as beaver fucking teeth. He makes $3 million a year, can't afford to get his teeth fixed. What the fuck? Get your motherfucking teeth fixed. Exactly. Wow. 
Yeah, that guy sounds like uh, I don't know. I don't know this dude, but he sounds really fucking annoying. <laughs> it was always yeah. They were talking about the memorial. They were talking about the bat. The, the gimmick battle royal they were doing for WrestleMania 17 is like, ah, oh, we're just going to throw the promo before the show starts. What, what are you talking about? Everybody's looking forward to this battle royal. It's like all the classic 80s characters. Oh, nobody's going to know who they are. I was like, oh, fuck you, Kevin Dunn. Just leave us to our wrestling. Just leave the fans to us wrestling, you fucking idiot. Because you're trying to suck up to all these big television executives so you can get an Emmy. Fuck you. Damn. Exactly. Uh, WWE would never get an Emmy. That's why. Uh, why, why would they ever want to get an Emmy? Well, that's what they're striving for. They want to get Oscars. They want to get Emmys. They want to be a global entertainment. Yeah, they want to be a global entertainment company. They don't need that. Yeah, they, they don't w- need that shit. Yeah, they want to be. They want to be a movie company. They want to be an animated company. They want to be. Uh, they would just want to be a global entertainment company. They, Wrestling they be, is just a part of it. What they're not supposed to be. Yeah. Yep. They're making their own football league. What the hell? Which failed the first time back in 2001. It, it happened in 2001 as well, too? What the fuck? Yep. And, if, yep. and it failed, and they decided to go redo it again. Why would you? Oh, my God. If it failed the first time, why did you think it's going to uh, work the second time? Is this Vince, is this I don't Vince know. McMahon again? Yes, this is well, Vince McMahon again. That explains a whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're coming back, and there's a lot of things happening. Oh man! Yeah, it was me. It was me, Austin. It was me the whole time. It was me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch! Oh, God. Uh, okay, so anyway, so Jim hates hardcore wrestling. Uh, so uh, what's what's the definition of hardcore wrestling? Guys beating the fuck out of each other for real. And they're doing it for practically no money. And they're also doing it so that people will chant ECW. Why do you want the fans to chant the name of the promotion? It used to be Go, Ricky, Go. Now it's ECW. Oh, great. I just had I just had a, a, a knife shoved in me. A fucking wooden spot shoved up my ass. And they're not chanting Jim, Jim, Jim. They're chanting ECW. Great. Fucking stupid. Wow. <laughs> Do you want to appeal to 200 guys that are not getting laid that night? Or do you want to appeal to 10,000 people in an arena where you could piece some competitive action in wrestling? I mean, when they see this hardcore, when the fans see this hardcore stuff, do they really feel good about themselves afterwards? If they do, they're the same type of people that molest the cat and kick the dog. Whoa. 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 Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Very yeah, so yeah, he had he hates Dixie Carter, who used to run TNA wrestling. She fired him because of uh, a particular someone, which we'll talk about in a second. But um, she fired him, and then it's like, oh yeah, you used up all your father's money for a wrestling company that's now extinct. Fuck you, Dixie. Oh, and by the way, um, I loved how the fact that uh, it, you know they they also put out an article saying like Jim Cornette, an unnamed TNA source, said that Jim Cornette was fired for yelling and screaming. And why are you pushing Eric Young? Um, so they, so yeah, so Jim asked for a retraction because that's not what happened. So. She was ho- he was ho- he was that I want Dixie Carter to put her name in the retraction and Dixie Carter do and do it. It's like the fucking douchebag. <laughs> no douchebag. Yeah. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, he hates the insane clown posse. Oh, okay. Well, yes. That's that's, yeah. that's fair. That, that's story. just fair. But that seems oh, to be fair. Also, to be fair though, that seems a little out of left field. Why? Why are they brought up? Well, first of all, the Insane Clown Posse were wrestlers back in the late nineties. I don't um, yes, they remember were. this. Yes, they were. They weren't. They weren't around that long. But uh, I mean, they were in the WWE. They were in the WWE for a few months um, because of their contract. You know, you know, doing music, they couldn't stay long. But they were just there for an attraction. They were there in WCW, but they have their own wrestling promotion. Uh, uh, yes, wow. they do. Okay, I don't remember this. Yeah, okay. uh, but you know, there was one time when Jim was doing a Q and A, and all of a sudden the Juggalos came in. It's like, hey, fuck you, and then fuck everybody that looks like you, fucking Juggalos, and fuck the two guys that do them. Their fucking rap music sucks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Yeah. He hates rap music, too. He's like, I hate rap, especially white rappers. Like, I don't need to be rapping about I don't need to be rapping about my ethnicity. I don't need to be rapping about how I'm Chinese or I'm Japanese. Like, I don't need to be rapping that I'm a white atheist. <laughs> oh my so it's God. like, geez, what happened to good music, people? Sounds like um, yeah, he hates he hates Christians. He calls them the white. He hates Republicans and he hates religious people. He goes, I call the Republicans the white Christian cocksuckers. <laughs> oh my god! Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah, he hates uh, he hates Mark Madden. And here's what Mark Madden did. So yeah. it's like I, somebody said that Mark Madden had a heart attack. I find that hard to believe. You would have to find a heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So here's what happened. So Jim Cornette and a, and a couple of other wrestlers were trying to do a charity show for a guy called uh, Mark Curtis, uh, who was a referee that all the all the wrestlers loved. And, you know, they were trying to do his medical bills because the guy had cancer. Uh, so they were trying to do a show so that they can help pay his medical bills because being a wrestler, being a wrestling referee, you don't get paid that much. So they decided to bring Mark Madden down to help out with it. And him and uh, him and Jim didn't see eye to eye. Uh, and they said, and apparently at one point, Mark Madden said, if you get Jim Cornette anywhere near me, if he threatens me with any sort of violence whatsoever, I'm going to sue you. And I'm going to be taking the money from the charity service to pay for your, to pay for my lawyer fees. Ooh. Ooh. Mark Madden's a fucking idiot. Yeah. I, was say, I don't think you can get away with that. Uh, I think that sounds just slightly illegal. Pretty illegal. Slightly illegal, just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but he was going to take the charity money to pay for his lawyer fees. Yeah, that's pretty. Or his court I mean, fees. Real talk, that's pretty shitty. Yeah, that's why he's number five on Jim Cornette's shit list. Yes, number five. Okay. Yes. Uh, so no, he hate he hates Ed Ferrara. Here's what Ed Ferrara did. Ed Ferrara. Uh, in WCW, he dressed. He had a character called Oklahoma. It was basically, it was basically Jim Ross, but uh, with his uh, cerebral Bell's palsy. Oh, uh, that's so intense. That's not. Why do I feel cool. suddenly uncomfortable? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling the same way, yeah, Shane. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah. He basically was making fun of uh, Jim Ross's uh, Bell's palsy. On there, so uh, that's just something you don't do. Like, so years later, he ran into Ed Ferrara at like some wrestling show, and he's like, "Hey, I just want to, I just want to say that you, I think you're a real piece of shit, making fun of a man's medical condition, all because you wanted to get a few laughs on your stupid WCW show." And he's like, "Oh, really?" I was like, "Yeah, really. Yeah, I think you make fun of the wrestling business, and fuck you, fuck you, fuck you in the ass." Channel his inner and threats guy right there. And he's like, oh, really? He's like, well, I, uh, well, I said I wasn't going to hit him, but I did spit in his fucking face. I went, hock two, and I spit right in his fucking eye. <laughs> I said, okay, the door's 15 feet that way, you little cocksucker. You want to do something about it? <laughs> okay, I can understand him getting upset because, like, getting made fun of for a medical condition. I've been there, and it sucks. And it, it is absolutely infuriating, so I, I totally get it. I get it, I get it at this point. Okay, now, bro, we have to talk about the one guy. Oh, we have to. Oh, we have to talk, bros. Okay, listen, bro. Uh, I, I, we have I'm to talk. We have to talk, bro. We have to talk about the one guy that Jim Cornette hates with a passion, bro. Okay, you have to understand that we have to talk about Vince Russo. Oh God, this is gonna be. Uh, Okay, I, I've heard the name Vince Russo before, but could you jog my yes. memory about who this guy is? Okay, Vince Russo was a head writer for WWF and WCW TV. Uh, he booked David Arquette to win the world title, uh, oh. a, a fucking Hollywood celebrity. Uh, of course. Um, he booked himself to be world champion. Uh, narcissism, <laughs> a good example of it. Yep. And uh, he says, like, yeah, Vince Russo was practically the reason why WCW went out of business and why wrestling is uh, the way it is now. Fuck you, Vince Russo. I used to have I used to have dreams where I'd be murdering Vince Russo in my sleep and I would be I would be like getting hard ons just thinking about murdering him. 
Uh, Damn, dude. And he also blames him for getting him fired twice because, like, oh, my God, like, Vince Vince McMahon all of a sudden had to pick Vince Russo to be the head writer because we had a bad Monday Night Raw in Germany that was taped and it was bad lighting and there was no stories being told. It was just a bunch of crappy matches in front of a crappy audience in a crappy arena in Germany. And instead of taking and instead of taking responsibility for that, Vince McMahon was like, oh, my God, we got to change things. Vince Russo, you've been going over here telling me we need to have trans vet sites and dogs fucking each other on the show so come on over here (laughs) (laughs) okay sure man (laughs) sure that sounds great Trans fucking dogs, yeah, that's all. Yes. So it's like all because Vince McMahon is now getting beat, and he never gets beat, and Nitro's beating him in the ratings. And instead of just having some great wrestling matches with some great fucking wrestlers, now he's got to reinvent the wheel with Vince Russo, and he has to do crash TV stuff. I mean, I was there the first night Vince McMahon, Vince Russo was inside the guardrail. He was doing commentary, and then afterwards he's like, "That was cool, bro." It's like, what? He's like, I was inside the guardrail for a match. He's riding the fucking show, and he's got a hard-on because he was inside the guardrail for the first time while a wrestling match is going on. Ah! Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Sure. At first, I thought it was gonna be. At first, I thought it was gonna be great. You know, he's good old Vinny Rue from the north, and I'm good old Corny from the south. We'll get along great. But Vince Russo didn't want to learn anything about wrestling. He wanted to turn it into this crash TV thing that everyone was so hyped about in the late '90s, which was not going to last very long. But my God, he didn't want to learn about wrestling, and he. And he was responsible for killing Owen Hart because he had Owen Hart go up like a hundred feet in the air to do a stunt as the Blue Blazer, which he didn't want to do, and he did it because oh well, that's yeah. People remember the Blue Blazer; he was great, yeah, and he was responsible for that. Yeah, fuck Vince Russo for that. Blue Blazer should have never happened. Yeah, for those of you that don't know, Owen Hart tragically died after falling a hundred feet. Uh, on a stunt that uh, was not tested properly, and he fell 100 feet and died instantly in the ring. This was during a pay-per-view, and they still continued the show, which is like up, which is still controversial to this day of whether the show should have gone on or not. Wrestlers have been going back and forth about it. Um, but yeah, Jim blamed Vince for that, and then later retracted it. He's like, I never said Vince Russo killed Owen Hart. There was this whole brawl for all tournament that they did where it's like, yeah, what yo oh yo yo bro, here's how we need to make wrestling real again. Here's what we have to do. We have to take a whole bunch of the, the toughest wrestlers in the in the WWF and we need to put them against each other in a real boxing match. That's going to go over well. <laughs> yeah. It ruined Dr. Jeff Steve Williams' career because he was always known as this tough guy, legitimate congealant wrestler, and all of a sudden he got knocked out by Bart Gunn. Yeah, there you go. You just ruined one person's career. And then it was like, no, we made – it was like, no, bro, we made Bart Gunn a star. He was the – he was in the in the finals. It's like, no, you just made a job guy a star. Like, a guy that nobody even cared about is now all of a sudden going up against whoever it was he faced at WrestleMania 15. I don't care. It was a piece of shit. Butterbean. Yes, Butterbean. Wasn't there an actual boxing match with the wrestler versus Butterbean? And wasn't it like a whole shit show? Yeah. That was WrestleMania 15. That was like seven seconds. Yeah, of course it was seven seconds. Have you seen that man? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It was like, yeah, and he was, and Vince Russo was responsible for doing that. It was like, what the fuck? Oh my god! You know how he quit the WWF? Do you hear this story? Vince Russo decided that he was going to go to WCW for more money, and instead of going up to Vince McMahon and saying, "Hey, listen, I just received a whole bunch of money from Atlanta. I'm going to leave. Here's a hearty handshake." Vince Russo calls Vince McMahon at whatever o'clock in the morning. At some time before the show actually starts in New York and saying, oh, by the way, not only is your head writer going, uh, not going to show up to your wrestling show, but he just took a job with your competitor. So fuck you, Vince Russo, and suck my dick while you're at it. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's okay. Like, all, all like, biasness against this guy aside, that is really unprofessional. Yeah. No, it is. Yeah, it's extreme. So one night, so one night I'm driving with the guy that just has Vince Russo's number. So I decided to call him up while he was down at WCW. I called him up. I'm driving the car, and he's like, hello? I was like, is this Vince Russo? He's like, yeah, bro, who is this? Like, it's Jim Cornette. He's like, 
Hey, hey, I just wanted you. I just wanted to congratulate you on getting fired, getting your ass handed to you about WCW. You ruined my fucking career. You ruined a bunch of whole people's fucking career. Fuck you. And, and if you want to continue this conversation, here's my phone number. And as soon as I try to give him my number, he hung up the phone. Okay, that's his privilege. It's also my privilege that I since possess this phone number to call it the next day, since there's still some things I haven't said to him. And apparent, and after the conversation, uh, Vince Russo called WWF Human Resources and said he told them that I threatened his children, that I wanted to fuck his wife. I've seen Amy; she she's a saint to live with. The guy, I didn't say any, I didn't say anything about his kids. In fact, his kids are the most dis- misbehaved kids that I've ever seen. I was out in a hammock one time, just chillaxing, and the and the kids were escorting me with with squirt guns, and I went and said, I'm going to murder you fucking kids, and that was it. And that's the last time I ever interacted with them. Pretty great, actually. I was going to say, uh, he has a, yeah. he seems to have a fantasy about murder. But eventually, Jim would go to TNA, and then Vince Russo got hired by Jeff Jarrett to go to TNA, and they wanted to be, like, working together. They wanted them to both work together in the creative team. And at first, everything was going smoothly. It's like, hey, how you doing, Vince? I was like, hey, what's up, bro? And in 2009, he did an interview. He's like, no, me and, Minnie, me and Vinny Rue are fine now. Stop. Everything's fine. We don't talk about wrestling, but we talk about other things. And then two years later, what, what, what great rib, Jeff, for trying to make me and Vince Russo work together. Yeah, because he blames Vince Russo for getting him fired from TNA because there was one time that was like, oh, my God. It's like this is what Vince Russo was trying to do. He was trying to do Avengers Infinity War on TNA Wrestling, having three separate fights happening in three separate locations. Like, what the fuck? Not only that, he called me one time and said, hey, I just wanted to review your script. It looks like shit. It's like, okay, we'll change it, bro. Not only did he revert it back, but they made more things that were just confusing. It was like Tommy Wiseau was writing a wrestling show. Um, I'd watch it. (laughs) I would love Tommy Wiseau's show, that's for sure. Yeah, so, yeah, he practically, he and okay, so after Jim got fired... Uh, he talked to Terry Taylor through email and he basically was telling, he was basically telling Terry's like, here's the things that I would love to do. If I got in the same room with Vince Russo, I would murder him. These are all the things I would do. I would basically do all this. TNA's lawyers went to Jim Cornette and said, what you have done is basically threaten this man's life. And I said, whoa, whoa, hold on. I never said that I wanted to murder him. I said, I had fantasies, and these are the fantasies that I would live out if I had a chance to murder Vince Russo. I didn't say I was going to murder him. If I had the chance. I mean, that is kind of incriminating, (laughs) to be fair. Yeah, there was like, be confidential with this. Like, I'll show you confidential, motherfucker. So he posted his entire letter that he got from the FBI and TNA's lawyers on his website. Just to show him how ridic- just to show him how ridiculous it is. And yeah, yeah, I got it somewhere around here. I use it as a table napkin somewhere in my house. <laughs> I'll, I'll to give him. I'll to give him one thing. He does not seem to give a fuck about anything. Hey Joe, did you tell him about the cease and desist letters? He signs uh, and signs, and then he can sell. He sold yeah, them. he sold the yeah that same letter that I was telling you about. He actually like sold it for as an autograph to like his fans out there. Holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, that's how much he does not give a fuck. Like, I do not get. I give zero fucks about things. Like there was, there was like after the soul seats, there was like Vince Russo finally had enough. He's like, bro, I have been trying for years not to talk about Jim Cornette. I have been trying so hard to try to focus on my own shit, bro. Okay, and I just had enough. Like there was one time I, I I did a public apology to Jim Cornette and I said, I apologize that Dixie Carter and Vince McMahon picked me over you. I'm sorry that I'm just a better wrestling writer than you are. I'm sorry that I'm just more talented than you are. Uh, half-assed apology. That is the epitome of it. Yeah. And then Jim Cornette like basically goes ahead and says like all these incriminating things and I had to get a restraining order against him. Like I don't even finding I don't want him finding out where I live. I don't even look, I even said to Jim, "Bro, why don't you and I have a debate and all the pro- let's do an, an internet pay-per-view. Just you and me, we'll have a moderator, we'll do a debate about why you hate me and all this stuff and all the proceeds that we get will go to a charity." And Jim is like, no, I don't even want to be in the same room as Vince Russo because then I would just murder him. <laughs> yeah. At least he's honest. <laughs> yeah. So, 
because of yeah, Jim is just a very a very hateful person. Yeah, um, I can tell, yeah. but like, I don't know. There's parts of it where I can understand, but only to a fault. It's like, listen, it's like I told I was like, I, this is part of my therapy because I'm wrestling crazy. I have learned that everybody in the wrestling business is crazy. Either you're crazy so you get into the wrestling business or you get into the wrestling business and the people in the business make you crazy. But sooner or later, everybody in the wrestling business is crazy. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that it makes is an entertainment sense. industry. So, yeah, that seems honestly kind of true. To me, at least, this is me an outsider looking in. So, yeah, but uh, you know, he does get he does get egged on a lot for being too old school for his own good. Like he has a lot of old school mentality. Like Kevin Owens got on him one time and said, like, you know, Ring of Honor used to be edgy and cool, but now it was just turning into every other wrestling show. Right. Like Jim didn't understand. Like I like he apparently got offended at me because I told him I don't think he should be booking for a wrestling company anymore. Wow. And I think he's been I think he's been told so many times that how great he is that anybody that has a negative opinion on him he just says fuck you. That sounds like that sounds plausible to me. Yeah. It's like there was one time where I even had a friend of mine that was going to go see Jim and I said, "Hey, say hi for me." Signed Kevin Steen. And as soon as my name was drawn up, Jim went fucking nuts. Like, "Fuck Kevin Steen. Fuck him." Wow. I was like, "Okay, if you're going to get that angry over something that I said, then fine, be that angry." Um, no kidding. Yeah, but yeah, I, I think one of the things that I think we can take from this is um, be careful in, like how you express yourself. Yeah, yeah. Be, be mindful. Yeah, I, it's like I, I don't think you want to be living with hate and anger for the rest of your life either. No, I mean it's a miserable I, existence. Yeah, this guy has burned so many bridges that he has no more bridges to go to. Yeah, so pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Don't burn all your bridges. I mean, sometimes, sometimes you have to in some cases, but like, try not to if you if you can be helped. Yeah, bridges are good. Yeah, so I mean, with that, I mean, with that happening, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it, it's it's really it's really damning to to hear that type of stuff when it comes to. Um, you know, things that you do. I mean, I, I mean, I know it's like, I'm in a very peaceful place. I don't have to deal with this many people. I mean, I got my stories. Same. I got my stories to tell, but I, I, I'm not within that realm of wrestling anymore. I don't have to worry about wrestling. I don't have to, I, I mean, I just do two podcasts on wrestling, but I don't need to go all full hardy about it. Um, yeah, he only does appearances though. He really doesn't do yeah. much. Yeah, but you know the the fact that he's like, I wanted wrestling to be great again. I, it's like wrestling is dead. I mean, there's a sports entertainment business, but wrestling back in the '70s and '80s are dead. I mean, we can't bring those times back. It's, and people are like, yes, because wrestling has evolved. It's like, no, it's dead. Like it's fucking dead. Don't you realize it? It's like, no, it's evolved, man. It's like we changed, but you're the only one that hasn't. You've been gotten too old school for your own good. Yeah, that's the thing about just about anything it changes yeah just about but he yeah it's like but he wasn't excited about the fact that these changes were being made because like my precious wrestling is going away right yeah he was he was getting too old school and even he admits that he's too old school and paul Heyman gets on him uh, got on him on that during an interview it's like that's the problem and that's why you never see jim Cornette doing wwe stuff i mean he'll do like little things but you'll never see him being a manager like i am he did. Here's one thing that I will give Jim Cornette props for. He did that one segment for a call table for three with Eric Bischoff, who he had another person where he really did not like Eric Bischoff at all. Yeah. But he was able to do the segment for them. Yeah, because well, they worked it out. They worked it all out. And there were some things that Jim didn't know that Eric knew. And Eric was like, yeah, well, this is the why things happen like this. And he's like, oh, well, well, I got all my information from my stooges, and my stooges told me this. So when I found out, I just put a booger on your Mercedes. Yeah. <laughs> well, so apparently my stooges didn't do me go good, so fuck them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, well. I was like, oh, at least we can agree on one thing, Eric Bischoff. You and me both hate Vince Russo. So here, here's a hearty handshake. <laughs> 
Yep. So I think the lesson we can all learn from this is don't be so hateful and don't be so uh, don't be so yeah because you don't, don't want to be too, burning bridges. Yeah, it, don't be too outspoken. I think is the takeaway from this. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. 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 But he never played the political game. That was the thing that he never did, and you know people love him for that. Um, right, right. You know, there's people that love New Jack for that too, but you know those guys aren't like really those people. Those guys are not really. Um, marveled for their careers you know people put them on the back burner because of it but yeah i mean sometimes sometimes it's better if you it's important to speak but at times it's bet it's best to know exactly when to speak and when not to and when you when you say yeah. things that are are too graphic then yeah it's going to be a problem yeah exactly so um that's what i'm going to say about that but yeah that's going to be our episode for today guys Cool. We got a we got a wrestling show out of the way, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here, here's what we got next, motherfuckers. We got Digital Homicide up next. The worst video game history, video game company in existence. Fuck them. <laughs> they made crappy They made crappy video games. So. And we'll sue you if you uh, say otherwise. Yes, and they had a feud with Jim Sterling, who we already talked about. Yes. Which, by the way, I would love to see Sterling and Cornette in the same room together. Let's see how quick that. Let's see how quick we can get a wrestling match between them both of them. Um, uh, but anyway, so we'll do Digital Homicide the week during Christmas week. So hopefully you guys enjoy that, and then the new year rolls around, we'll have something new as well. So I want to thank Shane and Lucas for coming on. Uh, thank you to. Thank you to Anchor for the two sponsors, Pocket Cast and Anchor. Guys, if you want to start your own fucking podcast, go on Anchor because Anchor will take care of your shit for you. And Pocket Cast is like the number one podcasting place for iPhone users. So if you have an iPhone, what are you waiting for? Go search for some fucking shit like ours, like what we're doing. Yeah. Legends is on Pocket Casts, and people love going on there for that shit. So please, we just got 5,000 listens just on the podcast alone. So. On the platform. So, boom shaka. We'll catch you guys next time. Aliva Derchi, everybody. Hey, awesome. Go Steelers. <laughs>